Hello. Again, finally, we have episode two of season three of Tales from the Script. It's been a long time coming, I know. Um, I recorded this some time back, but I am just now getting to uploading. I had hoped to get all the episodes recorded before beginning the upload so that I can give you weekly episodes. Um, that's not going to happen. Um, I have three more interviews to do. However, I want to introduce you to Joseph Gitao. He's a fellow writer and we have some other things in common. Uh, we met on the NaNoWriMo site and he has some interesting insights. The podcast might not be the best quality. I am such an amateur, but I'm learning every day and growing. And I promise the quality does get better as we go along. But um, as you know, I've been doing podcasts solo. So interviewing someone comes with its own challenges, like not having the same internet connection, blah, 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 etc., etc. I won't bore you with the details. But the episode itself is really worth your time, whether you're a writer or a reader, or you're just passing by, or you just like the sound of my voice. Whatever it is, please go through the whole episode. Okay? Yeah, enjoy. So, let's start from the beginning. Um, tell us about your writing, your writing process, or anything really that you want us to know as an introduction to yourself. So, okay, so, uh, funny enough, I didn't start mm. writing because was, I always wanted to be a writer. Mm -hmm. I started writing because I actually wanted to save up money to, to become a musician. So writing has was always like second fiddle to like music because I always wanted to be a, become a performer. So I actually started writing, uh, I started as a poet. So I was writing a lot of poetry and then I got into blogging. And then uh, a friend introduced me to Nano, and that's how I got into long-form writing. So, yeah. So you, you wanted to write songs? Yes. Or, or did you, like, want to, like, wh what was the connection between the writing and the music career? So, uh, so I, I wanted to be a singer, and mm -hmm. I think uh, with a lot of singers nowadays, um, to have a bit of edge in the industry, it also it also helps to become a writer. So I was like, oh, it might help to you know have something back well so that I could work on like, writing lyrics. So that's how that connection between uh, music and writing came in. And then I was also like, I can also monetize my writing because what I'm writing currently, it's like I don't have just write sit on it i can also try more and that could also fund like my music career so yeah 
Okay. So um, do you want to tell us how that's going? Very slowly. Your plan. So, your plan. How's your plan going? <laughs> my plan is it's, uh, it's going it's going decently well. So uh, I've learned I've picked up a lot of uh, tricks as far from being a poet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I can I've been able to work out like song structures, like what goes where, like rhyming and all that, making it sound aesthetically pleasing. Because you know, in today's yeah. day. Aesthetically pleasing. Um, So it's definitely, that has definitely worked. And then also, uh, now getting like the longer stories, I've also learned like how to have a story. Because sometimes a song is not necessarily, or does the musician sound, but they also a lot of people are also interested in like the kind of story your song is telling, whether it's heartbreak, whether it's party life, what's that story to tell? And that's a, a lot figuring out like how to tell a story in a, in a, in a way that is entertaining and also, but also relatable has, uh, has also been something I've been learning along the way. Okay. Okay. And how long has it, how, how long have you been, um in this process when did it start when when did you sit down and say you know i want to sing and the way to do that is to write when was that how long has it been it's been i want to say eight years eight years i started writing with eight years uh, because I started my blog, I think eight to ten years ago, around that time. Yeah, so it's been about eight to ten years. And your blog, um, what was that for? Was it also for poetry, or was it like um, commercial? What What was the blog about? So it, it 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 initially started as a poetry, just a way to put my my poetry. But I hadn't you know, found out the world of Wattpad, so yeah. I kind of used my uh, as a way to like put my poetry out there. And then mm-hmm. I sort of transformed into like a mental health blog because I was like in my polar. So I kind of talked about experiences of myself and like how we have the creative process on my blog as well. Okay, that's very interesting. Um, I've found that like you're like the second person I've interviewed who mm-hmm. is bipolar and is also a writer. Oh. Do you think there's oh, some wow. correlation? What has uh, your experience been yes. as a bipolar person? I, I do think there's a bit of a correlation as and not just with bipolar, but I think also with neuro, neurodivergence mm-hmm. because we tend to tend to uh, drift towards the creative arts, mm-hmm. things that allow us to ways ourselves in ways that are not necessarily bound by quote unquote rules mm-hmm. because 
it's like a nine to five. It's like you have to be here at a certain time. You have to do your job in a certain way. Yeah. Um, if you don't do that, you know, if you don't do that, you know, you you can either get you can either lose pay or you can even get fired. Yeah. But when you look at like if arts, when whether it be music, it be writing, acting, you know, painting. Yes, there are general norms that you to follow. Because like writing a story, you can't just like throw it onto a page and expect it and it be like a story. Like yeah, there has to be there has to be some rhyme or reason. Yeah, but of rhyme and reason, you can basically do whatever you want. If you kill your entire main cast in like within the span of a chapter, you can do that. If you want to introduce a new villain, like off the cuff, you can do that. It's basically whatever you whatever your creativity can do, then you can put it on your on your you can, you know, you can do yeah, it. Yeah, put it on the and page. I, yeah. Yeah. And I think also with a lot of with bipolar. I think we tend to use writing as a sense of outlet to regulate emotions uh, because we tend to, because of like the stigmatization surrounding bipolar, we don't, we, are, we don't necessarily have a natural way to let ourselves without being painted in a negative light. So instead of, you know, physically letting it out, we'd rather let that dysregulation out on the page. We can take it out on our characters rather than on someone in real life. It, I think, is how it would work. Okay. So um, I want to know whether, did you come to these conclusions on your own or were you working with a therapist or is it just like life experience has taught you this uh, i'd say life experience because um when i started writing it was more you know i was just like i just need to get things off my chest so i started writing and then i'll share it with a friend and then they were like oh why don't you just put this out you know this is good you know this is like good for you because instead because i tend to bottle things up so like, especially like when I'm hurting or like when I feel like someone, uh, I've let someone down, instead of voicing my voicing my my worries, I tend to bottle that up. Mm-hmm. So writing tended to tends to give me that outlet that I generally wouldn't have had in any other situation. Okay, okay, and it does it work. Is it like, are you finding it helpful or is it like, are they, how do I put it, like synergy? Is it like synergy? Like you find like, this is helping this and this is helping this. Yeah, it's it's definitely helped because now instead of always bottling up, I can always be like, uh, if I have a frustration, I can always just write it down, whether it be like a poet, a poet in a poem or even just like a story. Like I can, if I have a frustration, I can always be like, let me incorporate this into a story and get it off my chest. 
So it does synergize a lot of a well with that. And then I've also realized that with a lot of when I since I've started writing, I've tended to have less outbursts, less dysregulation, emotional dysregulation. And I think of also it also has helped me understand myself as a person because one thing I generally I do a lot is I put a lot of myself in my characters. So I tend to see like how do I view myself? Something I wouldn't have done before if I hadn't started writing. That's so that's so interesting. So every single character you write is based on some aspect of your personality. Yes. I actually um I read somewhere that Diana Gabaldo said the same thing. She said mm-hmm. when you're when you're criticizing a certain character, like you're talking yeah. to her and you're like, I really hate Jamie. He's so this and this and that. She's like, I want to remind you that Jamie is part of me. Like so you're telling me basically that this part of me is horrendous yeah. or abhorrent. So yeah. I I don't know. It's different for me. I think I'm mm-hmm. just not really delved into where do these characters come from? Is it me? Yeah. I, I, I feel like usually like there's one character who is me or yeah. based on some aspect of me and the yeah. others are like protagonists or antagonists of that yeah. character. But I've yeah. never really del- delved deep and said okay, this is, this is the part of me that is this or that. Yeah. So it's very, it's very, it's like you're more in touch with yourself because you write and you know, and you know who you are better because of writing. But now that it's so personal, I mean, how do you feel about publishing it? Like when it, it's going out there into the world and other people are going to read it and they're going to have their opinions on this character and probably tell you about those opinions. And like, I really hate this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do you yeah. feel about that? It's it's definitely scary because it's like every time I put a story, a, a book in the world, I put a story into the world, I'm essentially putting a part of myself out there, even though I yeah. write under a pen. Mm-hmm. It's like, I see a review sometimes, or every time I see, oh, I don't like that, this character, or, oh, I love that character. It's, it's like, okay, is it that because it's that character or is it because it's, me so one thing i've had to learn as i generally put a lot of myself into different characters is separating myself from my characters because at the end of the day when people are seeing a lot of these uh tropes like when they see a certain character it's not they don't know where that character has been well has come from they don't know how an author has created that character. Yeah. Because, uh, but so they're not hating what the vision of that the author had of that character. More so, they're hating the character that they're seeing on the pages. 
and probably they're hating something um mm. that that is it, it resonates with them because it, they they recognize a bit of themselves in a character because people yeah. usually say that if you hate a character it's because it's a part of yourself that you don't like yes so and, i don't know how true actually, that is it's there's definitely a lot of truth to that because even if you look at um a lot of like hated villains not even the hated like not even the hated villain like the loved villains mm-hmm. it's usually uh, a part of yourself that you would not show mm-hmm. if if you didn't have to live by societal expectations because if you take someone like uh, Alex Luthor from Superman mm. people resonate with Lex Luthor not because that's who they are or sometimes but, but who they wish they could be exactly and sometimes they hate that they can't be like that or they don't they hate that 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 person is confident enough to live like that but yeah. they are not oh that's interesting that's interesting because the the villain that i really relate to is thanos yeah so I, i i need to i need to sit with myself and find out why <laughs> yeah you need because when we look at a lot of these villains because like even thanos is a very fascinating uh situation because other people are when you look at the like the conversations surrounding thanos you tend to fall into two camps people who are like even in if i was in thanos's situation i would want to be like oh yeah let's get rid of half of humanity yeah and then the other is- There's the Thanos was right people and the Thanos was wrong people. Oh, yeah. yeah. So whether when in that discussion it tends to explain like what fascinates you about the character because yeah. like for me I personally Thanos I love his motivation because he's like it's he's like people have wronged not only just me but each other for so long yeah. that we need to no and they've the human, destroyed human... they're destroying the universe yeah so they and they need to be taken down a peg so he's like yeah. the 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 major forces in the universe are not going to take care of them let me take things into my own hand yeah and you see that with, and you know that's something we see with like a lot of um villains terrorists Yeah. yeah it's yeah that of they something needs to be done nobody is doing it so i might as well be myself yeah yeah that's interesting i've never i don't know why i never correlated thanos to terrorists but it's actually yeah. the same, and the same like deep deep fanatic belief Yes. In, this is the only way. Mm-hmm. To fix it. There's no other way to fix yeah. it. This is the only way. 
Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, because if you because if you look at it, everything, whether you're a thief, a, a terrorist, or a villain, everything you do is essentially to make a statement. Because unlike heroes who are doing it, who are either out of duty or they're doing it because they have the obligation, they're obligated to, yeah. or they feel like they... Because I have this they, power, I have yeah, to stop it. I might, let I'm, me do I'm the this. only one who can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but when you, when you go to a lot of villains, it's more of... I am here to make a stint. Like Joker, Joker, everything he does is to make a statement. Lex Luthor, he's there to make a a statement. Doc Ock is there to make a statement. Every villain that we've ever come across is always always there to make a a statement. We can even take it further. And if you go, like the Mean Girl uh, trope in like, in like movies and shows like Gossip Girl and Mean Girls, hmm. the reason they are relatable as they identify them as villains is because they're constantly making statements. Generally, heroes do not make statements, but villains generally do. Hmm. That's deep. Now, I wanted to ask you something, but uh, it's it slipped my mind. Oh, okay. So, um, going towards the whole concept of heroes and villains and storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that yeah. you want to write games. Yes. And I just want to ask you that within the, the, con- the, the context of Kenyan... Mm-hmm. Mm, literally literary society right yeah how is yeah. how easy is, is it or how hard it is it to actually produce this um um type of story and put it out in the world and possibly make a profit from it and what do you think is the uh... future of of the medium i definitely i'll actually start with the last one i think the future is very bright and the reason i think it's very bright is because even if you look at a lot of the writers we interact with on a day-to-day basis the stories are there um the ideas are there the Mm -hmm. concepts the con- the foundation for entertaining and relatable stories are is there. there. Mm-hmm. So what is what not is- there? What is not there? I think it is the I think the biggest the biggest issue is actually twofold, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And the, the first thing is the amount of risks traditional publishers in Kenya are willing to take. And the second one is the ability for independent uh, authors to permeate both an international and a local market. Um, I'll start with the first, uh, I'll start with the second one because I do publish, I've actually published quite a few books, Uh uh, both 
both through Amazon uh, KDP and Draft Digital. Mm-hmm. And one of the constant issues I have con- I've been running into mm-hmm. is it's very easy for international markets to get my books. But when it comes to Kenyan markets, we don't, there's, we don't have a base. You know, we don't have the an easy way. To, the yes, infrastructure to, is not there. Yeah. Because if, if you look at, like, say, like on Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, people in the U.S. can buy a book and they can get it re- relatively easily. Uh, people in the UK can get it. People in Japan can get it. Mm-hmm. Um, when it gets to Africa, we have. First there's of all, an we Amazon don't... South Africa, I think. No, there's not, because I remember the closest, especially for like uh, physical copies. Mm-hmm. The closest print uh, printer, I think, mm-hmm. is in Europe. So you, you have to get your books from Amazon UK? Yes. Oh, I thought there was a South Africa. I don't know why. I think uh, because I saw people buying spare mm-hmm. from Amazon and they're saying they were getting it from South Africa. But I've never actually tried. But I agree with you in that infrastructure is what's holding us back. Because we don't actually have an industry. Yes. We just have Uh, authors who are hustling to sell books. We have authors. So we have authors who definitely creativity, who have the creativity. We have the stories. We have the, the storytelling ability to rival like the Stephen King's, the George R. Martin the J.K. Rowling's, we yeah. have the, the problem is the people who have the infrastructure to actually put a lot of these stories on the map are not interested in those specific stories. They're not interested in the fantasies. They're not interested in the sci-fis. They're not interested in the romances. They're not Very interested... True. Very true, because I think um, we are still, many, many publishers are still living in the past, and they're mm-hmm. still, they're still very much like an African story, and that African yeah. story has very specific elements of, um, what can I say? It's basically the same story over and over again. And and it's like they want they don't they want the next Gugiwa Diango. Yes. They want want that kind of a story. They want a story where they can say this is hundred percent Kenyan. This is our story. But at the end of the day, it also by telling that type of a story you're not only limiting who can interact with that story, you're also limiting what authors can do. Because yes. not everyone is in writing that type of a story. Yes, and it's not everyone's experience. Yes. So especially 
these days so you're stuck in so you 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 find a lot of authors writing the same story just so that they can get um into the traditional avenues of publishing yeah that is like it's you know it's it's what we call in the gaming in like the gaming sphere we're essentially trying to min max becoming an author we're trying to meta meta game the the writing process we're trying to figure out what will make all the money yeah and because and that's what a lot of publishing houses are interested in they're trying to get what you of money with another risk because if you take like you know I, I, I made this joke both on Twitter and in the writing group. Um, some of us tend to spawn our characters, like a lot of us fantasy writers tend to spawn our characters into the medieval European fiefdom number 38397 uh, because <laughs> why not? It's, it's, it's the seal. You know, like, the world you, has you already tell, been like, built. Exactly. The world like, has already been built. Yeah. So you just and slot it, in your characters. Yeah. And, and I don't... And it's against it because we don't have the creativity. As much as I joke, it's like, oh, we, we, we have this freaking creative, you know, genre in fantasy, yet somehow we all end up in the you know, the same world with the same characters with the same um, set Story. of, you know. Yeah. And it's, I don't fully, like, blame the authors. I think it's more that because that's what, like, the agents and the publishing houses are looking for, we have been boxed into that story. Very true. That's, Yeah. So um, now that we are literally running out of time, yeah. uh, last thing that you want to say? <laughs> well, last thing I want to say is I th- don't be afraid to take a risk. Whatever your genre is, people will always, if you have an, an, a, a, a good story to tell, there uh-huh. are people who are willing to to read it. Uh, so, yeah, so don't be afraid to take that risk. Yeah. That's that's 100%. 100%. You you're going to find your you're going to find your readers. Um, yeah. there's one question you didn't answer and that was the gaming question. Uh about the stories. You have like, yes, you have like eight minutes, I think. So knock yourself uh, I think uh, with with gaming, the, the, the thing uh, differentiates uh, writing story for gaming that, that writing for, uh, for um, a traditional book is that yeah. sometimes thinking about different outcomes for the same question. You have a specific route you want to take, like in a novel. But in a, 
if a if a a player takes instead of doing like fire magic, they decide to use sword. That might change an entire you know an entire storyline, and you have to accommodate for that. Okay. Um, how do you how do you find um, what are the challenges you find in writing in that sphere? In yeah. this in this atmosphere, in this literary infrastructure that we don't have. Is it like do you just do it like for fun? Is it for fun or is there like a plan? There definitely is a plan. For at least for me, there is a plan. And mm-hmm. as it is, my plan is like 10% Kenyan market, 90% international market. Because even if you look at like my social media followers, mm-hmm. a lot of them, um, the UK, the US, Canada, uh, Finland, Australia. And then you have like the occasional Kenya, Uganda, South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Very occasional, so, very occasional. So for me, how do I leverage that, my current community, my current audience, and how do I make them interested enough in the story, the stories I'm telling to oh. want to buy, the, to read the story, to buy the book? Yeah. You know, if I... If I want to turn it to, to, to a show, do how do, do how do I make them want to watch that show? If I turn it into a game, how do I want, how do I make them play that want to play that game? Yeah. That's that's kind of like the big question, and that's um, for me what I realized is that when you're creating your story, you need to kind of plan if your story is going to take going, going to be turned into like a TV show. Like, who would you want to play this character? What kind of a person do you want to play that character? Like, what aspects of your story do you want to be taken one for one? What would you be willing to be able to let, you know, play fast, let them play fast and loose with, essentially? Okay. So it's been really interesting to speak with you. And I want to thank you for your time. After so, so many mishaps and your patience with me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. And hopefully this conversation opens up bigger conversations. Yeah, Um, some, Some really interesting points came up and I hope they spark talk. Definitely. Yeah. So thank you so much and I'll bid you good night. <laughs> good night and thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. And that's an episode wrap for Joseph Kitao. Thank you very much for watching and good night. <laughs>